And the way we think of it is, you know, while the world is battling for real estate on your mobile device and your home TV, we've really taken the third space while no one is watching. Welcome to The Q, conversations in digital media. This podcast is brought to you by Q1 Media, digital campaign execution and optimization since 2004. We're bringing in new content, we're bringing in new channels. I mean, it's a no-brainer if you're a business owner and it's Mm -hmm. free. What is Chive TV? Who is behind the iconic internet property? How did they start? What is their next big thing? And how did Bill Murray's face become their calling card? You'll hear all of that and more on this episode of The Q, Conversations in Digital Media. My name is Keith Edelman. I am CTO at Q1 Media and producer of The Q Podcast. I would like to invite you to join the conversation. If you or someone you know would make the perfect guest, please go to q1media.com and let us know who it is. We will take it from there. As always, thank you for listening. Here's your host, James McNeil. Hello, everyone. Uh, We had such a great show today. I know you guys are all going to enjoy it. We were able to have uh, one of the co-founders of The Chive, uh, John Rezig on the show today, and he came on with his brand manager of the Atmosphere TV, which is their streaming platform with all of their many channels. Oh man, it was a great conversation. John, how he started the conversation, uh, him and his his brother, and how they started all of uh, what the Chive is uh, back in 2008. Uh, interesting story on how they got it started. Um, John and I are both uh, battling a little bit of cedar allergies <laughs> that uh, goes on in Austin. So if any of you guys have uh, been to Austin, you know about the allergies. But it was a great interview, and I hope you guys enjoy it uh, here. You're in the queue. All right, John, Nate, thanks for joining us here in the queue. Uh, first of all, thanks for battling the weather. This is unusual Austin weather. But, uh, John, you've been here for, what, eight years now? Seven now. Seven? Yeah. 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 This is. Are you, are you getting used to Austin? Are you are you acclimated pretty well? Uh, y- yes and no. They don't tell you after three years that you'll experience uh, this thing called cedar fever. Yep. So <laughs> because they don't tell you about that, you wake up and you think that you're dying. <laughs> for about a month. Uh, it's true. So you realize that you actually <laughs> yeah. are very allergic to uh, these plants. So I'm, I'm in the middle of that. If I sound a little rough, that's okay. I've spiked my coffee with uh, Jack Daniels and I'm ready to go. <laughs> little grandpa's cough medicine. Yeah. That's the best way to go. No, I'm, I'm dealing with the same. Uh, and Nate, you've been here for... God, I guess ten years now. Almost? Yeah, close to about ten years. But yeah. you know, I'm I'm born and raised in Texas, so I'm pretty used to the cedar fever yeah. and, and all that. So, where are you from originally? Uh, from McAllen, Texas, on the border of Mexico. Oh yeah, way down south. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've seen that place change quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it has, you know. And but you know, the, the thing about that about the border and down there is, you know, people usually have a, the wrong sense of it. You know, being on the outside, they don't really see the great tradition and culture and people that are down there. But yeah, I know yeah, it has its problems just like everyone else does. Yeah. But it's a good place. No, I think that's a, that's really well said. Cause yeah. there's a lot of people that are in those yeah, yeah. Midwest States that look at it. They're like, how do you live there? It's like, dude, it's just like anywhere it's just else. Like anywhere else. The only thing I know about it is that you used to, people played hooky from school and would cross the border and well, go I get had, lunch. I have done that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I haven't done that. Well, yeah. we were in high school. You could just walk over. You didn't need a passport. Right. Um, yeah. Now, now you do. Now you mm-hmm. definitely do. But yeah, when I was in high school, it was, uh, after baseball games or football games, you know, you just go across the border, take a shot at tequila, you know, 18 years old, you know, 
So, yeah. yeah, that's good stuff. That sounds amazing. <laughs> not that they were carding you. They were uh, not carding you know. me. Don't worry about it. You could have been. You could have been fifteen. Right. Yeah, grew yeah. out. Grew out your uh, peach fuzz a little <laughs> yes, bit. <no>. Exactly. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Uh, so, John, tell me about your background. I know you, we can get into your you and your brother here in a little bit. Yeah, but tell me where you grew up and and how you how you guys uh, where you guys started from. In the Reader's Digest version, is we grew up in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Oh. My brother and I, which is absolutely. You know, I mean, it's Main Street, USA. I've been there for a wedding. Have you? For a destination wedding. There's a lot of weddings <laughs> happening. There's a botanical garden, which is yeah, really the, cool. which is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it's amazing. The, like, welcome dinner was there. It was awesome. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. There's a yeah. lot, you know, Fort Wayne, it's not that bad. Um, <laughs> is that the slogan? <laughs> yeah, well, to the extent of which my brother and I were driving to high school every day, you know, on like a empty gas tank. We knew we had to get out of that place. Yeah. So we kind of set our sights on Los Angeles as soon as we graduated. My brothers were Irish twins, about 18 months younger than I am. Mm-hmm. And I, I moved out to be an actor. He moved out to catch his catch can, just get be out of Fort Wayne. Wow. So... So yeah. what'd y'all do? I mean, what was it like growing up in Fort Wayne? Was there not a lot, a lot to do? Was it was wonderful. Of yeah. yeah, I mean, you had a real childhood. There was a bunch of kids running around, and, you know, you went outside at night, and your parents were happy you were gone. And, you know, they rang the dinner bell, you came back, and yeah. as long as the sun was still shining, you'd go back out with all your friends, play basketball. It was yeah. a magical existence. Yeah. Uh, really esoteric, and you didn't know that the outside world had teeth, and... I thought it was enchanting. And then you grow up and there's a certain, you know. Yeah. It's a little MAGA, but there's the yeah. good they're the kindest. I'll tell you what, I went to uh I was just back in Fort Wayne. I took my family out. It's nine. My mom's one of nine and I took them all out to to dinner. Or we all went out to dinner together. I ended up picking up the tab because it's basically free, you know, and for mm-hmm. like the dinner at a Mexican restaurant for twenty seven is like Two fifty in a pack of Newport Menthols. You know? <laughs> if it's a good place, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. upscale. <laughs> and they, every every single one of my aunts and uncles sent me a thank you card. Oh, that's. Be, I didn't, you know. And I called my mom and told her that, was, that that's nicest thing. Anyway, I really thought that was really sweet. You yeah. know, picking up a ninety dollar tab like who cares? Yeah. And my mom was like, "Oh yeah, I was just writing you one too." I was like, "Did you collude?" <laughs> and there she was like, "No." And that's yeah. kind of what Fort Wayne is in a nutshell. Like yeah. that's a, what a beautiful place that yeah. they're, 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 your generosity is rewarded. I, I thought that that was sweet. And I think that encapsulates where I grew up. That's, that's the good people. I mean, they're, they're really good people. My, one of my best friends is from that area and it's, it's a, it's a great place. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I drove from Chicago to Fort Wayne, went through all those small towns, like Valparaiso. Oh, and all yeah, those, Valpo. You know, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, how long ago were you oh, there was, for the... God, it was been like 2014. Of course. Yeah, 2014. How old was the guy that got married? Oh, he's He was a sucker. He got her, he got married at like 25. Yeah, so. there you go. Class, <laughs> that's old for Fort Wayne. He's yeah. ancient. In the real world, he's still growing. You don't know who you yep. are, but the botanical gardens are lovely in yeah. April. Yeah, that's good. Well, I guess, what'd your folks do? I mean, what did they... What was... My they dad was... VP in the lighting division at, at um, General Electric. Oh, nice. In a big uh, office there, and he did that for 33 years of wow. his life. Yeah. And he uh, just, the, he's the nicest guy you'll ever meet. And, you know, was the one thing he was big on was just letting us fail and not telling us we were going to fail. Mm. He's because you never get any information from success at all, you learn everything from failure. 
So he, we would just do sh- stuff as you know, dumber than hell, and he would never say anything. Go live your dreams, you know. Never said what's your plan B. So when we were like, we're gonna go to L.A. and we're gonna make our dreams come true, he was like, live your dreams. You oh, know? that's great. And I was like, can I have four hundred dollars? Well, it's it, it it yeah. You do need more than that in yeah, LA. You need, yeah, <laughs> you need a dream and four hundred dollars. <laughs> hey, that's all you need. That's you all got, you need you to make succeeded. it big. You 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 landed on your feet, so that's good. Well, it sounds like you had a good support system. But I guess when you got out to LA, you and your brother, what did I mean? You had that safety net. I guess it was probably better to go out there with somebody than. The nobody, right? I was out there for two years by myself, and I was recruiting all of my best friends to come uh, and um, just be with me because mm-hmm. I was lonely. My brother came out, and uh, one of my other buddies, Patty, came out, and then my co- my cousins came out. And to this day, it's uh, my cousin Bob and Rick is Bob's the head editor for the Chive. Rick is the military editor. My brother co-founded the the Chive with me. And then we were just slowly piling into like a three-bedroom house on Rose Avenue in Venice. Wow. If you've seen the movie The Social Network where they're rappelling off the chimney and everybody's going bonkers, it was basically that minus the in-ground pool. Yeah. Um, it's a real special time. Or Justin Timberlake as your next-door neighbor. <laughs> right? <laughs> that never happened. No, no, it, no. It, no. Vigo Mortensen <laughs> was our next-door neighbor. Uh-huh. Really? <laughs> Oddly enough, strange dude. What really year, what nice. What year was this? This was 2005 through 2007. What? So he just came off of Lord of the Rings. He was at Lord of the Rings. Really, he's an artist. He would open his garage and he'd just make all this art. Real out of real heavy wood. And we just we were just young scrapping boys. We just helped him carry it around his house. <laughs> what? And he was a real quiet dude. Um, and he was living the dream. He had his own racket going on. And he was think he was single but yeah i mean vigo vigo did it right wow. he did it on the it was well when you become first name basis of vigo did that <laughs> not you we, we weren't first name he was like hey help <laughs> i got i got a new bed frame i just whittled oh geez out of out of oak well when the king asks you to help oh you yeah kind of we have were, to we loved it <laughs> we just loved going over to vigo so yeah, yeah yeah that was awesome well so how did the acting thing turn out uh, really well. Um, uh, I was cast as in the pilot episode of a vampire drama called True Blood. Yeah, that was um, a big one. HBO, yeah. Yeah, life came to confluence. I was broke. I still had my tax returns. For seven years, I lived under the poverty line in L.A., which living under the poverty line in general is hard. Pulling it off in L.A. is, is a magic trick. But August of t- 2008, uh, I was cast in the pilot episode of True Blood um, and did, ended up doing that for eight years. And then in 2008, September, 30 days later, we started The Chive. Wow. And I was, there was a writer's strike mm-hmm. uh, during yeah. that time. Real big, famous yeah. writer's strike. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't go into production. I thought, crap, I, I can't pay rent. I can't do anything. And I'm not going to make it. <laughs> and they put us on this paid veil. They paid us not to work. Which wow. still is one of those foreign concepts. I Wait, they weren't of. paying the writers, but they paid the actors. <laughs> they paid. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I just. Oh, oh man, my god! The writer was. Did Alan they know Ball. about that? Yeah, or, I, wow! I didn't think Alan had already won an Academy Award for for writing uh, mm-hmm. American Beauty. I think he was all sorted out at the yeah. time. But no, they didn't pay him. They paid <laughs> us to not work, and and we used that money <laughs> to start the chive. Oh my gosh! Yeah. 
That's crazy. That's why we were able to retain complete control of the chive was because of, of True Blood funded that for a, no, a couple of years. Really. Wow, what a crazy story! So the fortunate thing is you capitalized off of these writers. <laughs> uh, out of the yeah, which do, is still true today, and is <laughs> for writers. Oh god. Uh, yeah. So we did. That's great. That's awesome. And Nate, you about that time were getting into the uh, broadcast biz. Yeah, right? I definitely don't have that story. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I graduated from from Ole Miss University of Mississippi, and my, my very first job, I was actually telling Deb on on the way over here. You know, my very first job out of college back in two thousand ten was probably one of the worst times to graduate. Yeah. Recession um, was happening, and well, they were just kind of getting out of it, you know, and it just wasn't. People weren't hiring as as you know they used to, so I was literally just I, I went you know stayed at home for six months, and I was just applying everywhere I could. And my very first job was a production assistant in Waco, Texas, at oh. the ABC station there. I was making minimum wage. I mean, I was making the same amount of money as anyone that works at Wendy's or McDonald's, you know, and and. Um, you know, I, I, I made it my mission at that point. I'm going to learn everything about this business, you know, from, from day one. And within about six months, I was promoted to a producer. Then they put me on air. I was a morning anchor for a little bit. Like, I pretty much did everything at that station except for GM, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because I wanted to learn everything I could possibly about this business. And uh, eventually got into marketing. And that's when uh, KXAN and Austin called me up to, to come over here and, I was there for about seven years and, and just moved my way up, you know, really kind of helped transition their brand to, to what it is today and, and helped us uh, help them at the time get to number one overall. So, you know, I mean, people start off at the, you know, the way I, I looked at it, it was I'm going to start off at the very bottom and try and work my way up from from there and, and learn everything along the way. So. I think it's I think it's gotten me, you know, yeah. to where I am today. I hope so. <laughs> no, got you. We hired you because you'd been there for seven years, mm -hmm. and you're still young. And we're all, millennials don't stay at a job no matter what it is for more than two years. Yeah. You, you know what a milf is? Oh yeah, it's a millennial. I'd like to fire. <laughs> <laughs> that happens quite a bit. Yeah, quite a bit, I guess. Nate. I'm like Nate. This kid's loyal. <laughs> like at least he's gonna gut it out with us through the tough times. Yeah, you know, yeah. local news isn't exactly on the up and up. But no. I, I remember thinking this guy's a gem. Yeah, how was the the change in? I mean, the news cycle has changed so much in the just during the time that you were at uh, a big station, NBC yeah. affiliate in Austin. How 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 were those changes? How did you deal with all that? Like the social media side, the digital yeah. side, and exploring. You know, uh, when I started at KXAN, nobody. You know, I guess I started what in 2012, 2013. Yeah. Nobody was thinking about social. That wasn't even part of our strategy. That wasn't even part of our plan. Mm -hmm. You know, that it was oh Facebook, nah, whatever. You know, Instagram, eh, that's not even a thing. You know, no, no one. That was never even part of what we to were doing. To push the brand. To push the yeah. brand. That was never part of, of of what at least our our higher ups wanted us to do. And it got to a point where I was like, this is going to start catching up really fast if we don't start changing our strategy here. Um, so that's when we started really focusing on social aspect. It was digital first. That's all we were doing. And, um, you know, over the years, obviously, it's, you know, no one knows what Facebook is right now. They're yep. not going to know what Facebook is next week. It changes it. They change their algorithm every freaking day, mm -hmm. you know. And so it's it's constantly staying up on the trends, constantly staying up on, on you know, the, the impact of, of what Facebook does to the community. And, uh, you know, that, 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 that's how we 
you know, focus our strategy was strictly how do we perceive ourselves on social? Because no, everyone knows us on air. They know yeah. Cakes and in-depth investigative. They know all that. But who are we on social? It's got to be a different. It's a different audience, you know. So that that that's that was probably the biggest challenge we had. Yeah. At least I had when I was there trying to. Well, explain uh, what you. I mean, as a marketing or brand manager, what you did for the station. Because a lot of some people are like, oh yeah, they. You know, we see topicals and like what's coming up in the news, and uh, they're like, "Oh yeah, they put together that." But there's a lot more that goes into it when you have to work and coordinate with the news director, the the reporters, or whomever it is. Yeah, well, at a news station, you know, the the news department and the marketing department should work hand in hand. I mean, you know, they are they they can't really sell what they're doing without our promotion. We Mm -hmm. obviously can't do what we're doing without their content. So it has to be you have to be one and one. Um, and yeah, like I, as a brand manager at KXAN, my main focus was selling KXAN in-depth investigative. You know, we wanted people to know who we were. And that's when I first started was, you know, what are we? We are the investigative team in Austin. And as we really solidified that and grew that brand, you know, the brand changes through the years. And as, as the years were going along, I, would, I was looking at the data, you look at the analytics, you kind of figure out people know what we are, but why do we do what we do? And it was just kind of like changing that mentality through the years of, well, everyone knows, the data shows that everyone knows we're in-depth in, in investigative, but do they know why we do it? And right. we're showcasing, we're proving what we do. And that was my main strategy as a brand manager was people can say, people can say shit all day long. Like, we do this, we do that. But if they mm-hmm. don't prove it, if they don't showcase that in, in, in like a, you know, proof way, then people are just going to think you're just throwing crap against the wall. Yeah. So my, I had a huge proofing strategy. I wanted to show people this. We're getting results. We're going out. We're knocking on people's doors. We're changing laws. We're doing this. And this is how we're doing it and why we're doing it. We're doing it for the people. Yeah. So that, that, as far as, like, you know, protecting the brand and, and molding the brand, that's, that's kind of my – that was where my mind was at moving forward as, as we were going And marketing years. to – to many other the people who are you know the industry is dying people are watching less and less tv these days yeah, absolutely. So. i mean do you do you, you want to go on the news right now and see all this shit that's going on it's part of my language <laughs> <laughs> well there's a lot there's a lot it's yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. people it, it, i remember it was like maybe 2015 to like 2016 late early 2017 that people just got we saw the trends people just got so tired mm-hmm. of all this crap bad stuff that was on the news you know people just got so drained and i remember sitting with my director of marketing and i was like look i i'm just gonna stop doing half the crap that we're doing like promoting these stories because they're they're just not they just they drain me and he goes yeah do it that's fine and we kind of just switched our mentality of i'm going to start promoting who you know the community is and who we Mm -hmm. the good things that we bring in and you know we saw a little uptick of that but it's just yeah it's 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 draining sometimes so you have to you know, fight against yep. that sometimes, but it, that was our brand. You know, we're a hard invest. We were a hard investigative brand, mm-hmm. so it's hard to go against that. You had yeah. to, you had to stick with your brand. You know, so. yeah. Well, John, you, I mean, know that pretty well, <laughs> and yeah. branding the chai. But I guess when you guys first started, you and your brother, um, you know, what was the what was the the goal? I mean, what or what was your thought process in going? Hey, we're gonna start this website, and w- was there a general just you know? brand that you knew that was going to happen through through the chive no i mean it, our, the original name before it was chive media group was resignation media mm-hmm. it was born out of wanting to resign from our day jobs yeah. you know well, and also incorporating your last name so that, yeah, yeah exactly and so uh yeah win-win but yeah you couldn't have pre- there was no way to predict what it would do because we failed so many times prior to the chive you know with d rober and 
uh, just a number of websites that didn't take off, mm -hmm. but we learned WordPress 1.1, you know, when uh, the world was on movable type and blogger, um, and people were this, you know, automatic company out of San Francisco had launched WordPress and we thought we'll, we'll jump on that. And that turned about, they, they turned out to be the heir apparent to, uh, the, the, the blogging platform. So we got lucky in many ways, but like you can't, there's no way to handle or have a playbook for like the meteoric rise of the chives. It did, it did take off within the first two weeks. It was bigger than anything we'd ever done before. Wow. How many hits were you getting back then? Yeah, I'll, uh, the biggest day we ever had on D rubber was like a hundred thousand hits oh. and that's a lot. I mean, yeah, we, yeah. you know, I thought that was good. It, it wasn't s enough to, you know, for everyone to quit their jobs, but we were at a hundred thousand in two, two and a half weeks. Well, how did you start to monetize that? Cause a lot of people don't realize, you know, it, it, there's a, you can create something, but how do you then you quit could, your job? You guys, you guys know that as yeah. good as anyone, you know, back in the first blush of online digital media, there wasn't, I, I can tell you that, uh, it, Google AdSense, mm -hmm. you know, we got, let's just say we get 5 million unique visitors that would equal about $2,300 a month on Google AdSense. Oh, wow. Um, that same amount of traffic five years later was the equivalent to seven or eight hundred thousand dollars. Wow! You know? So same traffic. Yeah. But so what we did was we took on the movie theater. We adopted the movie theater uh, mentality, which is like we've got butts in the seats. Let's sell them popcorn and peanuts. So we started e-commerce before mm -hmm. anyone did. Mm -hmm. We kind of ferreted out these four guys in Ottawa, Canada, who had created this platform called Shopify. Mm -hmm. um, wow. Right. Yeah, this, this small platform. Again, so, yeah, yeah. It's like the story of the chime is a story of luck. <laughs> like, people say, like, luck doesn't play a part. I'm like, ah, well, my brother and I are not that smart. Well, you're Irish twins. Yeah, so that we, makes sense. Uh, yeah, we found these guys that were doing Shopify. There's four of them. They're all billionaires now. At uh -huh. the time, they just wanted people to join their platform, and we had all the traffic in the world. And, and uh, so they helped build the first iteration of the chivery. And Wow. And we were able to come up with two designs with Bill Murray and Keep Calm and Chive On that just went parabolic. Uh, there still are two best sellers. Nothing has eclipsed or even remotely eclipsed the success of those shirts. So we were able to use e-com to buttress the growing digital media property until the inflection point came where you could monetize yeah. it effectively through banner ads and, mm -hmm. you know, premium video and things that, that, that we were years before that ever, uh, that industry matured. That's interesting. No, it's, it's cool that you, you, you mentioned Bill Murray. How was that process? I know y'all do have, uh, someone on staff who's related to Bill Murray, but was that somebody shout out to Drew Murray? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Drew's one of our better employees actually. Uh, uh, but at the time, there's no way to predict that putting Bill Murray's face on a T-shirt would sell. Did he approve that? Or? No. You know, all the, <laughs> all the urban legends are true. Yeah, you know, yeah, he yeah. has an 800 number that you can call. He might listen. He might not. He has no agent. He has no manager. He has a lawyer in Chicago um, and his brother's. And then a producer, mm -hmm. and that is the circle, the very tight circle of Bill Murray. Mm -hmm. um, so we were selling all these T-shirts, and we're not going to stop, right? Like we're selling. We've gone from not be, being able to. 
The difference between a bean burrito at Taco Bell and a beef burrito was 10 cents, 99 cents and a dollar nine. <laughs> Half the week we ate bean burritos because that 10 cents, you can't, that's a hell of a carry. Yeah. You can't float it to making millions of dollars selling this T-shirt. And from day one, we're calling his 800 numbers like, hey, Bill, we owe you tons of money. Yeah. And then uh, trying to get it. We got a hold of his brothers and we're trying to get a hold of Bill. That process uh-huh. took three years. Oh, wow. Until you, the secretary walks in and says, Bill Murray's on the phone. And she, and she has a look in her eyes like, don't say and. I'm the Easter Bunny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yes. It's definitely it's, Bill. It's Bill. Yeah. And then he, you know, meets up with you and and said he liked the shirt. And knowing the Bill that we know now, he shuts everything down. He's really? very protective. So we handle all of his imaging, light, lightness yeah. thing we found at his golf line. But he's particular about how he's perceived by the world, and rightfully so. Look what has that that has done for him. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's it's an extension of who he is, but it's not. I mean, it is somewhat deliberate. So mm-hmm. we finally got a hold of him, worked out a deal, and just again got lucky because how Bill defines talent, and you can see it now, is that he discovers early talent. Sophia Coppola, Wes Anderson, myself, and my brother when we're young. That is how he measures success: is mm-hmm. being able to find nobodies who might have a shot at something, and teaming up with them. Wow. And what a benefit that is to us because we no one knew who we were. We weren't a brand. And like suddenly you're puffing your chest out like Bill Murray has your back. Like that. How, How did two guys dream. from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yeah, who grew up watching Caddyshack 300 times. <laughs> you know, there was some yeah. poll like at salon.com, I think a year. There was a couple years back where they said, who is the per- one person you want to have a drink with in the world? And it wasn't a eight. It wasn't a one through 10. And like 47% of respondents wrote in Bill Murray, mm-hmm. you know, without being prompted. And like, I can go do that. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick, well, sometimes you got to look back and go, wow, this is, this is turned, cool. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah. That's crazy you know, to, to show the impact that he has, you know? I mean, you just put his face on a shirt, and everyone's like, I want to buy this shirt, you know? I mean, that's... We've tried to explain him that that actually helped him make, yeah. make yeah. more yeah. culture. He's yeah, not, yeah. It's true, but he'll never admit to it. No, he won't. Well, he's, he, it's him. Uh, he's, his character is, you know, the... But you're right. For the new generation, which you were just talking about MILFs, yeah. <laughs> some of these millennials have no clue who this guy is, but know his face. You know, yeah. and that's a credit to the chive. I think so. we bridged the gap between that and Zombieland certainly yep. helped yep. cameo. And he just and now he's got the new Sofia Coppola mm-hmm. movie launching and yep. the new Ghostbusters in which he plays a role and another secret project he's work on and he's gonna turn seventy this year and yep. he's still every bit Bill Murray. Yep. Yeah. Well, you mentioned popcorn and candy. Mm-hmm. I wanna dive into that a little bit. So what I mean the content was, you know, what you were serving to people was you know, a male focused side when you first started. Yeah. Um, still is. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, explain your thoughts on just, I mean, you've, you were talking earlier before we got on that you are really the last in the space uh, mm-hmm. that you guys are that have been able to survive that, but kind of started it though. You know, I guess with the yeah. popcorn and candy. Our, f- if you want to call it the freshman class of, of comedy publishers, it would mm-hmm. be college humor who was the first, they were in 1999, mm-hmm. cracked, break, funny or die, um, to some degree, total frat move, 
um, and at the time you went online, you go online now because it's a utility. You go on now to do your banking. You go on now because you got to find, get all your news there. But like back in 2008 or nine, you went on for funsies, man. You just went on to <laughs> get on the B board at 4chan and, um, and see, you know, go, go to egotastic, you know, and see which celebrity had a nip slip. And that, and that was just the greatest, <laughs> yeah. uh, first blush of what you would call web 2.0 where it was mm-hmm. just fun and to Nate's point then you know the news feed out came out with with Facebook and you had a choice to either join the Facebook death star because they were distributing a ton of traffic uh, back to publishers as we hindsight being 2020 that you were only leasing their traffic right you were not owning that they were checking in and coming back and people thought that that was the future and we remembered something no one talks about right now which is in 2010 and 2011 facebook was all about likes like your site you know right and we and we had this we had built this wall on uh, in 2010 that had all of our friends we had we had uh we had indexed their api and and and, and scraped all the our friends' pictures and put them on a wall and it filled the wall. You know, it was yeah, like yeah. 800,000 people and it was wallpaper all around the, and then they built the walled garden around likes. Mm-hmm. And he said, look, it's not about likes anymore. It's about shares. Yeah. You know, don't worry about shares. So everyone who liked our page, that reach went from a hundred percent down to 5%. Yep. And then, you know, in 2013, when and, all these publishers got hooked, they were like, Oh, it's all about shares, and we're getting all this Engagement. traffic. And we were like, yeah. "Oh, I gotta get all this." <laughs> yeah, and we were like, "We just had to tear all our friends down off the wall." Yeah, it was like a, a moratorium when we had to be like, "These aren't our friends; they can't see our page anymore." What yeah. do you guys think you're doing? This is they're gonna build a walled garden around this, yep. and when they do, they're gonna make publishers pay right to to make up the difference. So take if you got you know a hundred percent share of voice, they moved it to fifty yep. right overnight, and said, "Look." You can buy the other 50 back, but you got to pay. Yep. And so they started paying and paying and paying. And that's when all the sites I talked about started paying and paying and draining their coffers. Boosting at first. Did you yeah, have boosting you at boost first? Yeah, you boost the thing. And we just saw, well, you couldn't. I don't trust Mark Zuckerberg as far as I can <laughs> kick him. <laughs> this this Vaseline cyborg. This kid is milk toast, and he has no... Very loose affiliation with the truth and absolutely no sense of consequences whatsoever. And Which I've, we've seen over the past three years, but yeah. we've back then you were experiencing it firsthand. We didn't. We didn't start a social distributed model. Mm. Instead, we went and built a community. Right. And so we're just going to shake every hand, throw Chive meetups, start Chive chapters all over the, the app. world. Um, yeah, the app. Big? We were a laughing stock to everybody because suddenly they started to surpass us in traffic. But we were 90% organic traffic, right. and they were 80 or 90% Facebook traffic. Mm. Now, if that ever flips, you know, you're going to have, uh, y- you know, the effect of, you know, uh, y- you know, the CDO, you know, mm-hmm. uh, housing market collapse. Yep. yep. And that's effectively <laughs> what happened. That's crazy. Well, I guess that's it's 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 cool to know the evolution of what y'all had to deal with to to get the brand where it is. Um, but when did um, you decide to move to Austin, which I know Venice, you were saying was like 
one of the best times. I guess what made y'all make the shift? This being a podcast out of Austin, you know, it's yeah. We didn't want anyone uh, to not. We wanted a uh, a work environment in which everyone worked together. And in Venice Beach, you had a choice. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and Snapchat ended up taking over our building and ran into a problem that is a bifurcated, fractured, you know, uh, business space where you'd have to house. 20 people here and 30 people over the freak show and 30 people on market street, you know, and then some offices were better than the others. And then you've got the freak show crowd and they took over our offices and those guys were just the chive, Yeah, you know, and it creates contention. So we wanted everyone together and you can't do that in Venice beach. Yeah. So we went on a tour and thought people would care because we were going to bring a couple hundred jobs to high paying tech jobs. And we went to Boulder, uh, we went to Seattle. We even tried out Key West. We figured out we'd, we'd impregnate the island. <laughs> uh, that would be bad. And we, we came, the Vikings come in, yeah. right? Yeah, we came here, and like uh, Governor Perry was in his victory lap his last six months mm-hmm. in office. And, I mean, talk about a guy. Like, he had been governor for 16 years, 14 years, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't give a shit. He was like, I love you guys. Yeah. You know, politics aside, he cared. And we just want someone to care. Yeah. So it ended up being Governor Perry that brought us in. Wow. Yeah, I know. I've seen the the pictures and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I guess it, when you landed here, uh, you expanded, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. and you've turned into, what, how many employees do you guys have now? I think it's uh, overall, including atmosphere, I think it's about 110. Yeah. Wow, I think, right? It was wow. 103 a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. Ballpark. Ballpark. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, how does that, I mean, to know that you, what you've built started from scratch, you know, and now it's employing all these young folks like Nate. You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's very nice. Come on. Uh, I'm incredibly proud of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I really am. I think it would be one of the great honors of my life to be able to support not just the employees, but their families mm-hmm. and have them on good insurance and think about what could have happened as yep. you've seen last Thursday when College Humor laid off 103 of its staff all at once. That's that's horrifying. I don't want to know what that yeah. looks or feels like, but I, I, you gotta, you gotta know it's possible. Yep. It's it's ever present in this industry as evidenced by the fact that we're the last man standing in that space. So, you know, the fact that we're growing is, that's cool, man. Because I will really do this job till till they. <laughs> forcibly extra. <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and I'll just piggyback off of that. You know, I mean, just coming in, you know, uh, obviously beforehand, I was a, you know, big Chive supporter and, and, and I knew, you know, I followed them for years. And but, you know, what, what uh, some people don't know is, is, you know, when I got here, I looked at Chive Charities, which is what these guys do. And, and the impact that they can bring on a community and, and their and their followers and, and their and their you know their fans is, is absolutely just you know second to none. Mm-hmm. Um, so sure, you know we are a um, you, know, you know an awesome comedy blog. We're we're a great streaming platform, but we're also a community that gives back to to our fans, and I think that's evident in Chive Charities, um, which is is what John and Leo have have really worked hard to to put together. Yeah. No, and then and I you mentioned the streaming platform that, and I think if I don't ask this question, people might you know murder me. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I where how do you get these videos uh, on the tribe and and where and and who do you have working on to implement this? Like where do you find this content? At first, it was really organic. I think if you know being a brand. Uh, I think if you accidentally set your friend on fire and he falls down a well, someone <laughs> nudges you and says, you should send that to the chive, you know? Uh, yep. 
Uh, well, you capitalize off of smartphones. Right. Everybody yeah, everybody has a video had, camera. and uh, You're exactly right. Everyone has a camera, and they're sending it to us. But Chive's really a photo blog. We we post five or six videos a day. Yeah. Maybe. Sometimes four. But we had all these videos archived, and we knew there was value in that um, in 2015. And um, uh, we, we had started a beer line. And this shows you, like, my brother and I need to be serial <laughs> entrepreneurs. Yeah. This ends in failure. But out of failure, you get a lot of information. So we started, so your a, nationwide, dad told you right. yeah, mm-hmm. you started a nationwide beer line. We were the first of 50 states, and it was going bananas, and we, we didn't know how to support it, and especially we didn't know how to advertise it. Yeah, yeah. And we were in a bar, and we're like, how do you advertise in a bar? Yeah. You know, and you look around, it's table teepees, it's the coasters, it's, it's neon signs. And then I remember someone came up next to us and asked the, asked the bartender what the Wi-Fi code was. And I was like, okay. And this is not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until late 2015 that high-speed internet became ubiquitous in bars and restaurants. They were, they're not early adopters of no. anything. And we thought, oh, my God. And we looked around, and bars didn't have two TVs anymore. They had 10 TVs because the cost of a flat screen had come from $1,200 down to 99 bucks, And then uh, there was a Roku stick that you could port into the TV, effectively hijacking it. It's like the Uber model, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Um, without, you know, complaining people, mm-hmm. justifiably so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and we, so we thought, uh, we've got all these videos, and we can load them to this device, port them in TVs and bars and restaurants that everybody has, and it can sync with high-speed internet. And we were we hit that right in early months when that was happening, and announced to our that we would we were going to spend twenty plus million every dime of company profits whatever that amounted to, to pivoting to uh, streaming mm-hmm. uh, for businesses, and we had a number of employees who quit that day. Wow! Thought that we had gone and stayed too late at the fair, you know, because the beer line was failing, and now we're going to do this and. What, what are you guys doing? And it's like, well, if you're not moving, you're dying. Yep. Uh, so that's, Especially in the digital space. Yeah. yeah. You, you have to, it always changes. So you have to pivot in yeah. a lot of ways. And it wasn't that good. You know, it was like watching the first season of The Simpsons. You know, <laughs> yeah. Homer doesn't sound like Homer. Nope. And we're running slideshows through it to fill up space. We're running the daily afternoon randomness just to try to fill the loop up. But compared to watching Judge Judy with subtitles and mm-hmm. talking heads when the game isn't on, you know, what's your product market fit? Is this a fit for the market? The answer is, oh my God, yeah. You yeah. know, even that at our worst was better than what was running on TVs and bars and restaurants when Sunday football isn't on. Mm-hmm. And you, um, and you, Nate, you mentioned this to me that the uh, guerrilla marketing for this, the way y'all get into bars and y'all go to certain colleges and do some guerrilla marketing and have, we've done that in the past. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, um, uh, you know, the, we, we just launched, a, a, an ambassador program, um, where, you know, we, we offer, um, money for people who want to sign up and, and go into bars or restaurants or any kind of business and, and get them to sign up for Atmosphere, um, which is our stream, the stream platform that mm-hmm. Chai TV is on. Uh, yeah, I mean, guerrilla marketing works.
works. You know, I've 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 done a guerrilla marketing at KXAN, mm-hmm. and it works. It really does. And and yeah, that's definitely something that that we've done before, and we're definitely ramping up as well as we yeah. move forward. And atmosphere, which is your brand that you're in charge of, and obviously promoting, um, it's different from the Chive. So, and y'all kind of have y'all separated it in. Uh, how, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, atmosphere and Chive TV is is 100% complete family friendly. Um, and it, it, it's, you know, viral videos from across the world that people submit to us or that we license out and, and, you know, we, we show in bars. I mean, there's, there's a channel that fits every single mood, every single vibe, every single business. How many channels um, are you up to right now? There's 12 owned and operated that we own and operate ourselves. And we, we add, uh, and have added, uh, multiple partner, cha- partner channels. Um, and we continue to do so on, you know, we're ramping up even more partner channels coming on board. I mean, people want to be on this platform and, uh, cause they know how, how, you know, John told me this cause I didn't know this when I first started was, you know, 70% of the people, 70% of the time, people are, are outside of the house, you know? And all these streaming platforms, Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Plus, they're all meant to be streamed inside the home. Yep. But what about the businesses? What about the people who are in those businesses? Um, it's a space that, that, you know, no one has really been able to, to take advantage of, and, and we're, we were the first ones to do it. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's continuing to grow for us. So, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a fun ride. Yeah, I've watched your uh, drone TV, which is actually pretty. It's, it's amazing. I love it. I love I'm it. Glad I'm glad you a, like it. I'm a big uh, like topographic. Like I can just look at cities and maps, and it's it speaks to me. Like, yeah, <laughs> shout out to Airviews TV. Yeah. I it's becoming quite popular on yeah. the network because it's like uh, think of it like a s- Apple screensaver. Yep. Only on steroids, taking you through cities and you know getting a tour of the Kremlin. Yeah, uh, or the picture so vivid. It's absolutely yeah. With 4K amazing. these 4K days, yeah. yeah. But to his point, like, you know, it's kind of their channels for every state of mind. You can watch Happy TV in a hair and nail salon. You can watch Motivate TV in a gym. Mm-hmm. And the way we think of it is, you know, while the world is battling for real estate on your mobile device and your home TV, we've really taken the third space while no one is watching. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're we're baffled by the fact that that we've been able to accomplish that because we thought for sure, uh, to be honest with you, we were very much relied on being underestimated at first. That was half of the business model. Right. Because like we announced to our employees that we're going to go hard in the space, if BuzzFeed or Vice in 2015 had announced that they're going to go in to digital out of home, uh, content first, digital out of home streaming, the whole world would have run. Right. But we wanted people to be like, ah, it's the chive. You know, yeah. and, we're, and that they did. But when we announced the atmosphere that 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 was that Chive TV was really just the proof of concept for a platform. And then we rolled out the entire platform. We thought, OK, we're going to hear footsteps yeah. in 2018 soon, fast and hard. Well, because connected TV just grew and mm-hmm. in markets have almost 50 percent people who just cut the cord and want some something on the background where they, they can just, yeah. you know, maybe like you were saying, do their laundry or yep. I don't do Re- something. It requires no sound at all. And it's free. And it's free. Yep. It's free. Uh, and we still have no competition. And, we, you know, we've taken on a lot of uh, funding now, and that's given us a certain amount of exit velocity that it kind of doesn't matter how much money you have right now. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. welcome to center court. You know, and, and what's great about it is like it, it, you know, it's it's a proven model. It's proven to increase new business. It's proven to to bring back repeat business. It's proven to increase the overall vibe and dwell time. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a bar or restaurant, 
if you if you if I'm an owner and you tell me that wait so someone's gonna stay here watch this for another hour and order four more beers, that's pure profit. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, it's it's a proven model that works, and 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 we're dedicated to to bringing that to businesses to help them grow and while having awesome content like Red Bull TV, AFV TV, Americans Funding Home Videos mm-hmm. TV. I mean, they're all on the, on our platform. And it's they so want to be on that, our platform. That AFV, because they were basically, I mean, you, you see the crashes and people yeah. almost getting nicked or, you know, skateboarders breaking ankles or whatever. Right. And before <laughs> AFV, it was bloopers. Yep. You yeah. know, yeah. it's why you remember Saturday night, morning or late night. Yeah. Or whatever it was. Whatever you see it was. the yeah, yeah. Harlem Globetrotters. Yep. That we're, we're the ambient ev- evolution of that. And, you know, America's Funniest Home Videos kind of like can't beat them, join them. Yeah. yeah. They're smart, you know, like you know, upload your content to our platform. We've built the tubes. We've spent all the money. You don't want to, you don't want to go down the distribution route to try to compete because it is a beast. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we've laid the pipes effectively laid, laid the internet, uh, uh, the fiber optic cables, if you want to think about like that and bars and restaurants around the world. So you've created the model. I mean, that's for sure. Um, Yeah. And the platform. Did you, which it's just every section y'all have gone into it seems like you you hit it at the right time yeah whether it's apps or e-com that's what really gets my brother and i going it never has been the money it's been like trying to figure out how to be on the the bleeding edge of what's next Mm -hmm. and we only do want to do this one more time like this is the third lightning in a bottle and now (laughs) it's gonna it's it's Hooker Island after this. Yeah, you know? yeah. Can't say that now, but I mean, you get the idea. Yep. Uh, uh, yep. It's I'm done yep. after this. I don't want to do it again. The risks and yeah. all. Going yeah, there. like yeah. my brother will keep serial entrepreneuring, and like I wanted one more hit in a suitcase, and uh, and I'll, I'll be just fine. You yep. know, going and just reading some Hemingway on an island, <laughs> you know, drinking a, drinking a nice scotch a nice, or whiskey. Yeah, yeah. I'll do boat drinks yeah, yeah, yeah. after this. Uh, yeah. Yep, I'm four yep. years away from, from, uh, Corinthia Island, something austere. <laughs> I don't know. There's not really hookers on it. No, no, no. You know, but you get the idea. Yep. Yeah. Eh. Well, that's a, uh, it's, it's a good life. <laughs> is it? Mm. No, but well, and that's something I did want to bring up is the culture that you've created, even in, in the office environment. I mean, you got the slide, which we've you know seen some stuff, some epic crashes on that recently, too. <laughs> but, um, you know, y'all created a, a culture um, within the environment before. You know, I know there was like the Googles and Facebooks of the world doing their open concepts, but y'all kind of did something different. Explain how you decided to go about that route to maybe attract the millennials like Nate and myself. <laughs> uh, how did we go down the route to it uh, on the chive? Yeah. Yeah. Um, to just attract employees or just, you know, make it a good for the, the culture and the yeah. brand. Mm-hmm. Our Venice beach place was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, absolutely stunning. And we knew we had to one up ourselves and we are culture first profit second. Um, and we always have been. So we knew we made this slide. If you know one thing about the chive, it's that we have a, slide built on a 43 degree angle that's death slide and we have a fully functional copper bar and uh which is great and uh, i i think what's really great about it is we don't we're not very self-reverential while all the other tech properties are trying to lock people out we let people in so on fridays if you're a veteran if you're a first responder if you're a cancer survivor 
um, if you're a gold Bill Murray coin holder, you can just pass freely in and out of the chive. There'll be a bartender there waiting to serve you a drink. All the time, right? All the time, mm-hmm. every Friday. And that's been since day one of the chive. That, you know, it's not just the employees that are the most beautiful people on earth that um, the only thing we test for is a sense of empathy, you know? That's all we're looking for. Because if you, if you have a sense of empathy, it means so much more. It means you're very social. Mm-hmm. You care about other people. You, you know what I'm yep. saying? Um, <clears throat> totally so get it. That, week, that works in all walks of life, too. It, <laughs> so it really does. It's not just within the work environment. But it's yeah. also the community that comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, it's the veterans. It's the first responders. And it's not the celebrities. It, we have a Four Seasons right next door. And if you're a celebrity, you're like, I'm going to the Chive today. And you're not getting in. And then the 25-year, you know, retired Bill first responder, you know, 50 pounds overweight. Come on in here, grab a drink. Come on in. Yeah, come on in, Bill. Yeah, actually, uh, you know, get in line, famous person. (laughs) Right. It doesn't matter. We didn't build that for them. We built it for (laughs) the people. But it's it's not just the employees. It is is absolutely the community that makes this work. And if uh, now, now that we have atmosphere, uh, and and Chai TV, it's 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 kind of a line around the block t- to get in to to get a job. It's really yeah very cool. My brother and I still do all the interviewing. Mm-hmm. Um, just do not like hiring shitbags because if you're going through hyper growth, for all you people who have the discomfort of ever hiring a hundred people in two years or whatever, if you get it seventy percent right, you've knocked the cover off the ball, mm-hmm. right? By the numbers. Like thirty percent of the people that you hire are gonna be not the the pedigree that you want in your office. That's what sucks about it. Mm-hmm. And we're r- probably right about there. Yep. You know, and the first hyper growth maybe maybe forty percent. That's like you it cultures everything because yeah. one person can rule can ruin the whole to spoil the whole lot. One bad manager can spoil mm-hmm. the whole operation. Like that's what hangs in the balance. Yeah. People who want to silo off there, you know, this is mine. I'm not going to tell you anything. I know what I'm doing. They've been indoctrinated into their own self-belief system. Mm-hmm. They don't want to listen to the bosses. Yep. And that kills me because my 25-year-old editor knows more about digital out-of-home streaming than any, you know, tenured journeyman, you know, manager. Yep. Because we created a category of content that no one else had before. Tell me what you know. Yeah. Hey, no, it's good. You mentioned it. Loyalty being a reason why you bring people over. That's I think you've created that loyal loyalty within your office environment, but also within the brand, the people who love the chive. You don't find somebody who's like you love the chive. I mean, that's a loyal loyalty to the brand. And y'all built that. And it definitely comes out. Yeah. So you got to tend that garden every day. You're not entitled to it. Like Mm -hmm. in anyone who is ever, you know, and people that do, they got to They got to get out. That's why you hire people like Nate to who comes in and he's just in the, yep. he's in the first year of his loyalty. His loyalty peaks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, we've got three years before this kid yep. gets lazy, <laughs> you know, his inexorable decline. Yep. It won't matter. I'll be on Corinthia You'll Island. Be on yes. I'll be on like four years and be like, you know, Nate really is coming in late and leaving early. I'm like, I can't hear you over the sound of the boat plane landing. Uh, that's good. Oh, well, that's good. Well, John, Nate, is there anything you want to add and just the, what's on the horizon? I know you said you might have one 
more lightning in a bottle, but I don't know if you guys are, are this moving is into it. That we're in it. Okay. We okay. call them the salad days. So, <laughs> and they only last for three years. Yep. And that's where all your successes minimize and diminish all of your failures. And you just got to enjoy it. And you work hard to be a part of what we're being on one more rocket ship ride. And you just got to appreciate it. Right now, we feel like. You know, like that 82-year-old composer finally wins an Academy Award, you know, but got mm-hmm. dissed for, you know, Chinatown, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's happier now <laughs> to get, like, you appreciate it now because it's the it's the best thing in the world to have it, and you just got to appreciate it and know that competition's coming and that there's going to be a million more problems down the road. But right now, you're just all rowing the oars in the same direction. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the main thing is if you're a business owner and you uh, have any venue, I don't care if, it, you know, we've got mo- we've got uh, Throttle TV if you own... Uh, car dealership. If, uh, car dealership. Auto shop. Auto shop. You know, oil lube change. We've got something for you. It, no matter what business you have, if that business has a waiting room, we have a free Apple TV to give you yeah. uh, that's 10 times better of whatever you're playing in the lobby. Mm-hmm. Um, With refreshed content weekly. I yeah. mean, we, we're bringing in new content. We're bringing in new channels. I mean, it's a no-brainer if you're a business owner, and mm-hmm. it's free. Yeah, you can get people to look at something rather than their phone. Right. So, I mean, that everywhere you go now, it seems like cell phone reception doesn't work anyway, so you, know, <laughs> you need I, something to do. I, I'll, you know, I'll leave it at this, but I... I, I Deb and I work really hard in, in getting hearing testimonials from companies who do have have atmosphere, and, and we heard one from a, a medical office, and you know the the head you know HR person there was like, look, you know people hate coming in to you know get checkups, you know what I mean, but we we put you know Tribe TV on Happy TV, which is part of Atmosphere, and it you know people are happy, people are laughing, and that helps out once you go into the room to get you know blood pressure checked, all that stuff. I mean. You know, it helps people relax. It helps helps people have fun, and that's yeah. what that's what we're all trying to do, right? Well, that's what you started it out with, yeah. <laughs> having funsies. Yeah. <laughs> the sum total of everything we put out is just to make you laugh. You know, yep. we don't uphold people to hate or ridicule, um, you know, or snark. It's mm-hmm. just like, and and people need to get rid of their negative bias, and you know, that is the one thing about the Chive and Chive TV. It's just to make you happy, and mm-hmm. yeah. you can't can't fault us for doing that. Yeah. That's great. Well, um, John, hopefully your acting career takes off. Um, Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, fingers crossed. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing you in the next uh, HBO series. So, um, but no, th- thanks for coming in, guys. Yeah, yeah thank yeah, you. Thanks, thanks to Q1 Media. You guys are great. Keep yeah. this up. You're a good interview. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Q1 Media. Q1 Media partners with agencies and brands all across the nation for all their digital marketing needs, whether it's CTV, OTT, location-based mobile device ID targeting, search engine marketing, targeted display, any research and data that you need, whatever it is, Q1 Media can help with your marketing efforts. Please check out Q1 Media's website at q1media.com. That's Q, the number one, media.com. You can view case studies, examples of our work, uh, or just check out more episodes of the podcast, The Q, Conversations in Digital Media.